Hi, welcome to the Miles from Home podcast. I'm your host, David Miles. Great to have you with me. I hope you've been enjoying the previous episodes, as you probably noticed. Many of them are taken from a YouTube live talk show I do, but not all of the episodes on this podcast are going to be from that YouTube live talk show. Many of them are conversations that I have one-on-one with friends, with artists, with musicians in my studio where we can get real about the psychological, emotional, spiritual elements of being an artist. That's what I'm really interested in. Not just talking about, you know, your latest record or whatever. I want to get into it. And I have had such a great time having these conversations. This next one is no exception. It was so great. Adam Baldwin. Adam Baldwin is an amazing musician, songwriter. He plays in Matt Mays' band. He's got a great solo career. But more than anything, he's one of the most honest, open guys I know. I mean, he just lets it all out. He talks about his difficulties, the challenges he'd had in his own life. And because of that, People respond, people come to him, people love his music, they love what he's talking about, and they love him. And you'll be able to see why, you'll see why right away. He's a very dynamic dude, and I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. Let me know what you've been thinking about the episodes. I'm on Twitter, at MilesDavid, M-Y-L-E-S. Why? Because I love you. And on Instagram, at David Miles. So feel free to get in touch. Share it with your friends. Let people know what you're thinking of this podcast. And let me know who you think I should have on the show. And more than anything, I want you to sit back and relax and enjoy this conversation with the amazing Adam Baldwin on Miles From Home. You know, the necessities of life for me are like food, water, shelter, and and constant attention, <laughs> like always. <laughs> uh, and I have a hard time. That's the la- that's the last thing I, I really need to a little more of is attention. Where does that come from? I don't know. I I don't know. I I think uh, I, I I have no idea. I know my family. My sort of my family's full of. Uh, sort of uh, some mental illness and things like that, and maybe there's it's like that's I'm sort of a byproduct of that. I think that's kind of what uh, drew me into music in the first place, is because that it was just such a great medication. And then I don't know if I w- I've, I became addicted to the attention or if I, w- I set out to get attention because I, I don't remember it was so long ago. But uh, but you were a kid, like from the time you were yeah, were you a choker yeah, was, and stuff at the dinner table? Yes, I was. Uh, and in school, um, and, uh, I loved, I, I loved making people laugh. That, that was like, you know what that is. It's uh, it's assurance that you, you mean something to somebody. And then with, with music, I've, I found the same thing. You know, I just want to feel important to somebody and I don't know why that is. I don't know why some people can, you know, don't care about that and why I care so deeply about it. But I mean, it's one step to actually say it, though. I mean, I think yeah. I think a lot of musicians are actually yeah. in denial yeah, of that totally, part yeah, of their personality. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've been I think about that stuff a lot. And the youngest of four boys, I'm kind of like, uh, yeah, maybe it's family order. Like, part yeah. of me is like, I don't think I would have got fed if I couldn't have made people sure. laugh. Like, yeah, they, had yeah. to rec- they had to 
at least see that I was there because my parents were so busy. They were just like, right. I was kind of forgotten. Right. I mean, not that I wasn't loved, but yeah. I had to kind of like, I hear that a lot. Myself. I hear that a lot of, uh, with stand up comedians. There's, there's a lot of stand up comedians that come from large families where they, they become experts on getting the attention of the entire family. Right. There's so many of them. I, I didn't come from that. Uh, I, I just had a sister growing up and, uh, um, but, uh, I don't know. I was adopted. I think there's some of that. I've I've done a lot of thinking about it. I've never done any talking with like a therapist or not enough of it that could maybe help me suss it out. But I I feel like there's like, I've got a bit of an identity crisis because I genetically I'm one person, but then, uh, you know, I was nurtured in such a way that uh, I I just never felt like my parents got me, you know? They, 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 uh, did you always know you were a doctor? Yeah, I yeah. did. Yeah. And, uh, and maybe, I don't know, there's, there's a lot to unpack, but I, I do have a sense that I have like a bit of an identity issue and, and, uh, and maybe that's why I sort of, because you can't just kind of go, Oh, well, I get this from here. Yeah, yeah. I get this now, from I've, here. I've met my birth parents and, and they were married and they have a daughter, uh, my other sister and so i know them very well we we hang out all the time uh my my kids just were out staying there the other day your sister that you grew up with is my uh, so i have a a a sister that my adoptive parents had okay and then i have my birth parents have a daughter who's 12 years younger than me uh and so i'm in i'm in a strange place where i don't i'm nothing like my adoptive parents but because they raised me i'm also not really a whole lot like my uh, birth parents. And, uh, and so I, I, I'm kind of like, I don't know what, I don't know what I am. I, st- I still don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm this hybrid of these two families and uh, I don't, I don't think I make any sense. <laughs> Are you comfortable with that? I am. Uh, I, I'm getting more comfortable with it. When I was a kid, when I, when I met my birth parents, I met them when I was 17 and, uh, I don't regret meeting them, but I regret not having thought enough about it i think 17 i was a little too young to to uh to have done that i didn't understand the implications and i didn't put any thought into what that was going to be like um because it was a heavier experience. yeah it's a it's a heavy experience and and it's not like i think the way i was looking at it it was like oh this will be cool i'll meet these these people that i'll probably look a little bit like but these folks for 17 years have known I existed and their, their immediate family, they all knew about this kid that's out there somewhere, uh, growing up. And, and, uh, while I knew that I had birth parents somewhere, I had no concept of the, what that history was like, like giving a child up for adoption, you know, and then the aftermath of it. I didn't, I never put any thought into that. So I think that my my birth parents and their family, they wanted more from me than I could give. At 17. At 17 years old, yeah. Um, uh, Especially, like, uh, my my grandmother, she was really, my my biological grandmother was really broken up when, when, after I was gone, and, and, uh, you know, I could. I wasn't her grandson exactly. Yeah, you know, right. I cared for her very deeply. The more I got to know her, but I didn't make visits or anything. And I, I, I feel badly about that now. She's, she's passed. But that's all stuff. Well, it's hard to I, maintain all that it stuff is. too. It's, I mean, it's a lot of people gotta, to try to juggle and a right. lot of feelings to try to. 
um, uh, be uh, be aware of. And I was too young to do that. And, you but know? you did maintain a relationship yeah. after seventeen. Yeah, yeah. Like once yeah. you opened it up, it was like okay, we'll That's recognize right. this and we'll do. Yeah, this. yeah. They they wound up moving out to where I grew up. My little wow. sister went to all those schools I went to, and I love them all dearly. But I I, I wish I. You know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, and uh, I think everybody might have done things a little differently. But um, all that to say, I think I'm <laughs> I'm as needy as I am because I never knew who or what I was. Yeah. And so, where do you go from here? What's the what's the I next don't know. move? I just write about it, I guess. And uh, I, I don't I don't need to know any of that anymore. I'm sort of getting more comfortable with it as I grow up. I just am what I am, and there's no, that's there's nothing wrong with that. You're right, right, right. I the, mean, who, the mystery. Yeah, you're yeah. Kind of... I, yeah, I've embraced it. I think a little bit. I I can be whoever I want to be, really. Um, uh, but for a long time, I I carried around a lot of stuff, especially with my father. I think the two of us, as much as I loved him, and I know he loved me. We never understood each other, and that. That made for a lot of trouble, especially when I was a, a teenager. You know, it was a rough. It was rough a hard, It was a hard go for for me and for him. I think. Right. Just to be in a house with somebody you you do not understand at all, uh, from both sides. I think it it was hard on on the both of us, and um, you know. But uh, you're tight now. We're yeah, I'm thick as thieves now. We, you know. Um, Isn't that amazing? It, it is. Does yeah. it scare you a little bit being a parent? Yeah, it does. I don't. The, uh, there's a lot of a lot, so many things that my father did right, but when you're 20, you know that's not how I saw it. I didn't, and I I think I have kids now, so I can see where he was coming from a little bit. Uh, but I thought that you know there was a long time where I thought my daddy, he uh, he screwed me up pretty good, and uh, I blamed him for a lot of things and. And I didn't really sort it out until pretty recently in the last couple of years. Like I, I let all that stuff go and I, you know, we had some really, my dad is a, was a fantastic father most of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and he would admit the same thing. Most of the time he did a bang up job and other times he was downright awful. And it's probably because the the same thing, he, he didn't understand me and, yeah. and he would get frustrated and it's and get so it. hard. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to be a parent. And especially and when dial you can, it in all hundred yeah, yeah. percent of the time. I it's, mean, that's... I have a hard time with it. Even I can, I can, I can understand my children a little better than he can understand me because they are. I see parts of myself in them, and I know that when I was eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, up to twenty years old, he saw no nothing, no wow. resemblance. You know. Yeah. Right. And that must have been hard to deal with. And uh, you know, he never asked for forgiveness, but I I gave it to him anyway. I get it. It's hard, man. He had a really difficult job. He was in the RCMP for thirty some years, and he took a lot of uh, really difficult things home from work. And I I get it. Yeah. You know, uh, but it, it still banged me up pretty good for a little while. I think. And now you're kind of working through it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of. It seems like it's this process that we all go through. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's after we have kids. Sometimes it's yeah. just a matter of time. Yeah. Sometimes it's just you know. I mean, I certainly just having kids myself. I, no doubt, have become a little easier on my parents. Yeah, my parents were strict. Man. Yeah, yeah. Super strict, and I'm yeah. kind of like I, I look at it a little different because yeah. I'm like, well, they're probably freaked out. Yeah, totally. Yeah, they exactly. They got four boys, yeah, man. They're yeah, just like, yeah. holy smokes, we yeah. gotta, we gotta, we gotta. Yeah. Look, this has gotta be on lockdown if yeah. it's gonna work, you know. But yeah, 
you know, it's... I think it all came from the right place. It's just I didn't like it at the time. Yeah. And now I'm going to be that guy. Well, like, the power oh. is is that you're able to pull through it. Like, that you actually yeah. have this relationship now. is pretty amazing. Yeah. So for yeah. your kids, they have... Yeah. Uh, an engaged granddad yeah. who's... Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. My... my all all four of them. My They're all crazy about my kids. And that's... Uh, uh, what a fan. They're so lucky that they they have all that around them. You know, they have six grandparents to spoil them rotten. And, yeah, uh, right. And I have six people that I can, uh, you know, ask advice of. And and they're around here. Yep. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty sweet. Yeah, my partner's it's... mom and dad are, are a few minutes down the road. My mom and dad live in Dartmouth, and my birth parents live out in Fall River. And everybody's close. So. Wow, everybody's yeah. involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's awesome. I'm the luckiest guy in the world. Despite having felt like perhaps the most unlucky person <laughs> that's in the world, what I mean, come on, yeah. That's, yeah. that's what it's about. Now. Yeah, I mean, perspective and everything yeah. else helps you through that. But at the same time, it's real. Yeah. you know, you went through it. Yeah. it's a real thing, and you probably go through it all the time. And yeah. I think what I find really interesting now is that when you, as you get older, you start to learn more about yourself. Yeah, you start to look for different things that sustain you. Yeah, you know, like right. thinking about the attention thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean. And, and I think about this a lot, but you realize at a certain point you've, you we think that it's going to, that the attention, it's like a comedian probably talking yeah. about this all the time, right? Yeah. You think you getting laughs, getting applause feels yeah, amazing, yeah, yeah. but does it sustain no, you? Absolutely not. It doesn't. The only, I guess what you, what we've managed to do is to take that and turn it into a career. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's really, I mean, I've, that's what I mean. I've embraced it. Like I need attention. It's not going to make me feel any better, but... But you're good at it. But I'm good at it, and it it makes me feel like I'm doing sort of something that I'm supposed to be do, since I was either blessed or cursed with this need for attention. I can monetize it, and I can feed my kids with with that uh, character flaw that I have. Uh, So I'm okay with it now. Uh, I, I feel like a success because of that. And it... That's another thing that I've learned over the last couple of years is I had to I had to pull the goalposts way in because my definition of success was something completely different than how I see it now. I had to be playing stadiums and I had to be selling all kinds of records. But I'm perfectly content to just make a little bit of a living off my constant need for attention. Everybody's my family's happy and healthy and we have we live under a roof and that's success. I think by uh, by any metric, and you still feel engaged with the art part. Totally. I mean, obviously, beyond yeah, the absolutely. attention thing of getting yeah. on stage, you got to create. Yeah, yeah, and I I'm still like I'm still uncomfortable enough that I can write about that. You know, uh, uh, I'm not wealthy, so I feel like I can I can still sort of speak the language of a of a struggling um, uh, not just an artist but a, a a person who who has a hard time. Yeah, that's what I think I do. Is is I have a lot of sympathy for everybody, and that's kind of what I write about sometimes. Um, is a, is a struggle. I don't write happy, fun most of the time. I don't write happy, fun songs that make people want to, um, you know, where they can just kind of party on. Mays is great at that. He's really great at writing all of that stuff, everything. But I I write the darker stuff. I think, and uh, um. I don't. I don't know if I if I had any more money, if I'd still be able to tap into that. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So, so uh, have you always been drawn to artists that do that as well? Yeah, I have been. Yeah, I always liked the. Uh, I, I'm, you know, 
that's not true. That's not true. Uh, but Springsteen's my guy, and he's he's got your a main. Lot of, yeah, okay. he's my guy, and uh, he's got a lot of that daddy issues, you know. Uh, and uh, and he he writes about uh, you know the folks that have been hard done, and and I always had a I always had a an attraction to that, I guess. Uh, and I try to rip it off as much as I can. I think, but making it your own. Yeah. yeah. Do you find that? Do you find that the people you are writing about, or the stories you are writing about, mm-hmm. are resonating with the people? So, you know, I mean, that's that's always what I. You know, sometimes I I, I think about you mm-hmm. know again purpose and and why yeah. we do this and yeah. how it relates to the yeah to the to our audience yeah. Do you find that now that you've been doing it for a long time, yeah. that those stories are resonating, that people are going, yeah, you know, I appreciate you doing this? I have to think they are uh, because people are come out to my shows, you know. And just this past weekend, Dave, I got a message from a guy that I kind of knew. Uh, he worked at a, a restaurant I used to play at. Uh, and I'd met him a few times. We sort of hung out. But he checked himself into rehab in January. And the other day he messaged me to tell me that uh, the last EP I put out is what got him in there. Uh, and that that meant the world to me, man. That That's what I want. I, that's what I always hope for with, with anything that I've written is that it lands where it needs to land. I don't care if I sell a million records. I don't care if I sell a thousand records. It's nice and it helps feed the family. But when a guy says that, that you, you changed your life in such a way, Man, that's if you if you get in it into this for any other reason, then you're doing it for the wrong. Yeah, reason. right. I mean, I think what what people resonate, what resonates with people, is your honesty. Yeah, that's all I've got is is uh, honesty. I don't. I don't. You don't really hide anything. No, well, I. I, uh, I it's and it's it's self serving. I have I've the catharsis of the honesty is what has has helped me grow up and it's what's helped me deal with a lot of the problems I have was was to verbalize it uh you've never been afraid real have you been afraid of kind of like the any kind of the hardest thing I've ever done was I called my mother one time and I told her I was a a drug addict and that's kind of what it changed my life I need I, I and that was admitting to myself that I was a drug addict and that changed my life uh and honesty has never brought me anything but good things, and and uh, and hiding uh, parts about myself has only ever made things worse for me. So I uh, I have embraced uh, the honesty because it has served me so well, um, and it I I do I and this, I I kind of feel like I'm bragging about it, but I feel like it has served my audience well because if it if it is. If it has helped anybody, then um, that's that's got to be the that's got to be the goal. If I'm gonna write a song that's about you know any troubles that I've had, then uh, what's the point of doing that if it's if it's not to help somebody else? Right. Because I know I'm not the only one who feels this stuff, you know. But sometimes you can be. I think what people see so that's so inspiring is your ability to say to, that takes a lot of courage uh, calling your mom and, and having that conversation i'm yeah. sure you worked up to it for a, a long no, time no uh, you know what i probably i was really high and i and the, i was kind of coming down and the paranoia started to hit me and and it was it was this is the only thing drug use ever gave me was the paranoia on that day sitting in my van while my guitar player was driving me home 
it, I became so paranoid that I could not think of going through another day the way that I was uh, living. And I called my mother, and then I called Matt Mays, and then I called my management, and I said, I need to shut her down for a little while here. And it's, that saved my life, truthfully. My, my, uh, my family had left. I was living alone. Um, and uh, that didn't do it. Like, that didn't snap me out of it, you know. But it just this, this particular uh, bad batch of cocaine gave me enough paranoia that I was like, I, I need help. This is all wrong. And it saved my life. Um, and I'm back. I live with my partner again, and I get to see my kids every day. But it wasn't going that way, man. It was. Uh, and how long after had they left did you come to this realization? Two months. Two months or so. And those two months were just... I thought everything was fine. I, yeah. I, I, I thought everybody was crazy. I didn't have a problem. There was nothing wrong with me. I'm an artist. This is what I do. This is, you know, it's all bullshit. I don't know. You, yeah, you can say whatever It's all want. bullshit. Uh, and and I'd, I'd long been able, you know, if, in, in my writing, I'd long been able to be honest about heartbreak and, and, uh, and just write songs about things that I saw outside of my own head. But, but when when all that happened and it was the first time I faced a lot of the stuff that was inside my own head. And it, I can't tell you how helpful it was to be able to like, you know, clear all the fog out of my head and, and look at everything and, and like, like, Oh buddy, you are a mess in there. And then to write about it, it, it helped me figure it out. And, uh, I'm, I'm lucky that I, I got the opportunity to do that before it was uh, too late, you know? Um, and uh and then in turn i you know this this guy sends me a message and said i went to rehab because of your record it's 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 all i you know i'm getting i'm in my um, with age i'm i'm trying to make a more connection to some sort of spiritual um entity i guess and whatever that is the, the universe or it's not a religious thing but it's a I'm trying to figure out what I'm here for. And that, 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 that hit me like a ton of bricks the other day when he told me that. I was like, all right, I'm, if there's a plan, then I'm, I've, I mean, stuck, maybe this uh, is yeah, it. yeah, right. Yeah. I think that sometimes we go searching for those. I'm in a very, you know, a similar place where I'm kind yeah. of asking these questions. Part of the reason why I want to have these conversations sure. with people because I'm having the same yeah, thoughts yeah. myself. Yeah. Part of it is about thinking about, because those are the things that start to actually sustain you, right? Yeah, Purpose. absolutely. Purpose yeah. can sustain. Yeah. Purpose can sustain a bad show. It sure can, yeah. You know, if you think that, okay, well, I'm, there might not be very many people here, or I might not be selling a million records or playing in stadiums, yeah. but yeah. I have, there is a purpose, yeah. and it can kind of change the yeah. nature of the dialogue yeah. and make you feel you know, totally. more full. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that our, our job is is to uh i don't know what you get out of playing a show but i get to turn my head off for two hours or an hour and a half or 45 minutes or whatever it is i don't have to think about the credit card bill uh, or anything else and that's what an audience goes to do themselves I, I my job is to give the audience exactly what i expect out of playing a show and uh and um that's that's the purpose i think everything else is pr is peripheral it's not that's not really what's important. It's the relationship. I really think it's the relationship with an audience and, and everything else that comes along with it is, is, uh, is, is the gravy, I guess. 
So let's going back to that. The I mean the rehab mode. Did you? Is that where you went after? Was I this... didn't know. I uh, I I wanted to. That was the only thing I thought to do. Well, I got to go to rehab, and uh, I started hunting around for places, and I quickly realized that I cannot afford to go to rehab. So I went. I, my my mother's family doctor gave me the number of a guy who uh, kind of works out of Direction One Eighty, the methadone clinic, and he's a he's a twelve step program guy. And he, uh, I went and met him, and he, he was like, "Oh, you are, a, you're an addict for sure. Uh, there's no question about it. And here's a list of meetings that I'd like you to come to, and we'll find you a sponsor, and uh, you know, whatever." And I was like, "I'm not. There's no way." Because by that time, the paranoia had subsided, and I went back to thinking, "I don't have a problem." Yeah, right. Okay, but I had verbalized it. I had told so many people. I was too people, late. I, was too late. I got it. Yeah. Well, I better give this a try then. The, all these lunatics. They think I'm. I'm losing my mind. So I went to a meeting and uh, uh, they call it, it was a cocaine anonymous group, but all these 12 step things are based off the Alcoholics Anonymous uh, handbook or whatever. But it was listening to the people in the room that had all kinds of different um, addictions. Some of them they shopped, some of them uh, ate, uh, a lot of them drank, some of them were using drugs. But you could, one could substitute whatever the thing a person was addicted to all the other language around it was exactly how I was feeling and I thought that I was the only person in the world that felt the way I felt so I sat in that room for the hour uh excuse me as the hour that the meeting was and I cried my eyes out the entire time because I felt like holy shit there's a this entire room 30 people they all understand how I'm feeling and I was like, ah, let me all come back on Friday. And, and I kept going and I kept going and I got a sponsor and that didn't really work out. But um, the uh, it, just just to know that that I wasn't al- alone in it was, man, it it, uh, it was everything to me. And um, and it uh, it all, all that helped helped. Uh, helped me piece everything together you know it was the first step in a in a you know a bit of a journey to figure myself out and I I wouldn't have got there without it without just it seems simple enough of course to me now it seems simple enough we of course we all feel some of the same things and of course there has to be people that feel like me but I yeah but when you're in it yeah when you're in it you think my problems are so unique nobody could ever understand them and that's just it was myself telling myself that so that I could get, you know feed my own addiction i think and uh but then once you realize that your problems aren't so unique then then um you're well on your way to sort of figuring it out i think and all sorts of people yeah exactly That's... oh my god all kinds of people uh you know d- uh, doctors and lawyers and and uh, people that society tends to think are sensible, but they were all just as maddened they're all by human. this addiction. <laughs> they're, all they're all human, human beings. They're just yeah. some, you know, the drug addict's not just the guy that you see panhandling. And there's there there's every uh, make and model of a man, and and um, nobody's immune uh, to it. I don't think you you know sometimes you're sort of genetically predisposed to addiction, which I think is my case, but. Uh, some people just wind up in a real hard spot, and, and that's uh, the easiest way I ever found to medicate was drugs and booze. And, uh, uh, you know, some people get out of it and some people don't, and that's 
that I think that's why why I've got so much sympathy for people is because I I know nobody's just a lazy bum. That's not a thing. That's not a real thing. There's something going on in in uh, in a person's head that that leads them down um, you know to a spot where people put their noses up at them and call them lazy bums, you know? Yeah. Right. Cause you've been very outspoken about a lot of these issues. Yeah. Has it always been part of you or is it found, have you found it more so well, than I never, going through this? I go on through, I had to go through it before I could talk about it. Uh, because again, five years ago, I didn't think I had a problem. There was nothing wrong with me, but man, there was so much, so much wrong with me, you know? And, uh, and I still, I, I still feel for people that I, I very much feel for people that are going through that because my family didn't understand, you know, they didn't understand it. They thought I was like partying, you know, they just thought that, oh, you, it's rock just, and roll. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean yeah. given the contrary, I mean, yeah. you can't help but think too, like some of the things we were talking about, that mm-hmm. idea of success. Part of what we, yeah, is that the, you know, growing up, yeah, idolizing rock yeah. and roll, and the, yeah. and especially those parts, yeah, real ro- real rockers generally don't actually, yeah, they don't necessarily idealize it when you talk to them. No, my but, God, no. But the whole picture of it yeah. tends to, you know, you Remember, talk to Joe Walsh, he's not going to exactly say no, how awesome it is. No, he's going to no. be real, and he's yeah, going to talk about totally. his addiction and talk yeah. about how it messed him up. It didn't make him yeah. better; it made him yeah. worse. Yeah, exactly. You know, there I is this whole seeing... mythology around it making you better. Oh my God, I'm doing a thing at ECMA this year uh, to talk about just that the the this myth of how an artist must be tortured to to be uh, any good and, the, and that, that there's an expectation that you have to behave in a, in a manner which is so self-destructive and I don't I never really believed that but um, uh, but that's what it looks like I think to kids who are I remember I had a poster on my wall of Jimmy Page in a dressing room, uh, you know, guzzling a bottle of Jack Daniels. It's a sort of a legendary image. And when you're 16 or 17 years old, that looks awesome, kind of, you yeah, know. Yeah. But my God, imagine, I, I can't, that's so unhealthy. That guy's at work, you know, firing a pile of awful whiskey down his neck. Like, that's a symptom of something, uh, I think. And and maybe and he would likely agree he would agree yeah <laughs> why are you doing that yeah. I, I look back on so much of the stuff that i've done and i said why man if i saw somebody doing that i would ask them why are they doing that but to me it was uh uh i was treating myself and so that image of jimmy page is nothing to celebrate that's that's a that's a sick guy and uh and so that that myth ha- that has to die. That has to be a thing of the past, or else uh, you know we're going to keep losing musicians to drug overdoses or suicide or whatever. And uh, over and over, over and over and over again, man. Um, it's a dangerous manner of thinking, and I and I do think that there are a lot of kids that probably think that that's a normal way to go to work, and it just isn't, and it's not sustainable. You're going to wind up burnt out or dead or or just not a success at all. You'll have nothing. You'll have nothing to show for any of the work that you put into your art and your craft. And uh, I heard a quote one time, or I read a quote of St- Steve Van Zant from Springsteen's band. He said, you're more likely to be a successful musician these days if you're running a marathon instead of snorting coke all the time. You know, and that's true. The the, the I, th- I feel like the biggest bands in the world these days are not, they can't engage in that because record labels aren't going to touch them. Yeah, right. You know? 
Well, then you look at the, the, the people who like really sustain lo- these long careers, the yeah. careers that we dream of. Yes, yeah, yeah. Whether they're million yeah. record, but long. Yeah, we, yes. We, we want to continue to do yeah. this. Yeah. yeah. That's that's pretty yeah. much it, right? Yeah. But you look at the ones that do, you look at the Springsteens mm-hmm. or Mick Jagger, they're, they're ridiculously yeah. disciplined. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Springsteen looks, I mean, he's amazing. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he, yeah. He, he could, he could lift know. more and run yeah, longer than both guy, of us. And, yeah, so much longer. Yeah, it's a guy that's a... Uh, that's uh, that's exactly right. Um, uh, but I think I've read that he he like he never really was much of a drinker. I heard a story once that uh, I forget who it was. Some guys from Toronto. They were playing uh, in New Jersey, and Springsteen showed up. A cover band, a Stones cover band, and and they Springsteen showed up apparently. And he went in backstage with them to hang out, and somebody brought a bottle of tequila, and and they were amazed because Springsteen appeared to have been drinking this entire bottle of tequila while not really ever getting intoxicated. And then at the end of the night, he gets up and he calls the police, and the police drove him home or something. Right. But then somebody in the band they took a swig of the the bottle of tequila, and it was watered. It was way watered down. It was there like a go. special Springsteen the, bottle. The Sinatra, the Sinatra technique, right? Yes. Like yeah. Apparently, he always had a, a drink in his hand, but he right. was just he would just lay them down. Right. right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everybody's yeah. like, "Oh, he's such a legendary partier." Yeah. The dude sang. Yeah. You know, he looks crazier than he was. Yeah, and imagine feeling like you have to do that. I mean, that's another, that's another, like, even Springsteen's got everything that we ever dreamed of, but he's still so uncomfortable that he feels like he's got to pretend to drink a bottle of tequila around people. Yeah, 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 right. That's so strange, but I I get it. I can get, I get it. I can understand that discomfort because I've got a lot of it. It manifests itself in different ways. How do you do it now? I mean, how do you, how do you go about it now knowing that people associate you with a party yeah you know what i mean how do yeah. you how do you manage that balance i just don't i don't hang out with many people you know i just i don't i don't put myself in those situations i go out and i like i like to go out and have a few cocktails after i play a lot of piano downtown or whatever and you know usually one night a week i'll i'll go out and see what's going on but normally it's i'm just sitting by myself i might find leith because leith's always bouncing around all the uh, the uh, the bars or whatever he's playing four gigs in the night. I yeah, don't find whatever he's doing. I just want to watch him play now. Yeah, yeah. I don't. That's all. I uh, you know I. And then when you're playing the shows, when you're up there rocking and stuff, and yeah. people are partying, how do you kind of manage that well, personality? That I I still have a hard time with because I my adrenaline. You know what that's like. It, you you're you're buzzing afterward, and my biggest problem when I was younger was that I tried to keep that going for two more days. And that's where drugs, you know. That's what you that's, were medicating. Yeah, totally. Right. I wanted to feel like that all the time. And, I, and nowadays, you know, I'm, I'll go to the tiki or something and have a couple of drinks and laugh and carry on. But but I can go home, even if it's late. But I'll I'll go home and 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 uh, and shut it down at some point. Whereas before, I I never wanted that feeling to go away because I couldn't. Once once it came down. Then I was just left. What was I left with? I had nothing. The show's over, uh, and uh, and all the, you know, the 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 vitriol that I could spew at myself inside my own head, it would come back. You know, the shame out like that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, now I, I just, you know, I don't listen to that anymore. Like I said, I think once I was able to kind of move the goalposts in, like I'm doing all right. And uh, and for a long time I didn't think I was. I wanted I wanted 
more and and I wanted it quickly and I but I wasn't willing to put the work in or I wasn't capable of putting the work in because I was too banged up um but I I found that the the more content I've become with with my career the more it seems to be getting better you know <laughs> I know incredibly right? well of yeah. course yeah i mean i really literally do not have anything written on like yeah. a piece of paper like i have like a guideline yeah, and like yeah. i don't even look at it because i keep on thinking we're all going through this yeah. together yeah, yeah. part of why i like having these conversations especially yeah. now we've yeah. been in it for long enough yeah. that you do start to redefine if anything mm-hmm. maturity comes with this idea of like re- it looks different for everybody yeah yeah totally it just look i had this conversation with katie lang i called i was i was in the dumps yeah I just like hit my bottom. I was depressed. I was sick. I was born. I didn't know what was going on. I I, I was mad at myself for not being able to achieve the things I had dreamt of achieving. And same stuff you're talking about, this idea of like goalposts. Why can't I do this? Other people do it. Yeah. Look at that. They're doing this. And, you know, and, 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 and the first thing she said to me was, you have to realize that your life is entirely different than mine was and is. Yeah. Yeah. You have multiple folks. You got kids. Yeah. You got a wife. You're you're you've got so many different things. You can't be comparing one goalpost of your yeah. career yeah, to yeah. mine because I had different oh, man, priorities, yeah. and it was like it shook me, dude. Yeah. It shook me. It hurt actually yeah. at first. I was like, well, what do you mean? I'm not going to get. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to get yeah. those things, and yeah. it wasn't that. She was yeah. just saying you're comparing your life to mine and yeah. my life was very different That's when a, I was your age. It's a fool's errand. You can't do, you can't do that. And that comes again with like the, maybe the more time you spend around this, or maybe it's just an epiphany that everybody's got to have. Uh, You've had but, it pretty young. I mean, how old yeah, are you? Yeah, I'll be 34 in the summer. And so I, yeah, I feel like uh, I was lucky to have it. And, and uh, um yeah, I, I just, I, you can't concern yourself with other people. It'll, it'll drive you mad. It'll make you absolutely crazy. And that only separates you from the, what the actual, again, what the actual purpose is. Uh, and the further away you get from that, then, you know, then I it's always, never going to work out. I think of it mazes on his Twitter thing. It, yeah. I don't know if he still has it, but he has the quote, whatever, the main thing is to keep the main yeah, thing yeah. the main thing. Yeah. I think about that all yeah. the time because yeah. it's exactly what you're saying. Yeah, totally. Right? Like all of those things yeah. that we're talking about are a distraction exactly. from the main thing, yeah, which yeah. is yeah. writing songs, yeah. singing them for people right. who care, yeah. and developing a relationship with people. Yeah. And if you can continue and obviously sustain your family and the things yeah. that you need from your life. Yeah. But the more distractions you remove from the equation, the easier it becomes to, to, uh, to sustain this as a career. And you can't sustain it as a career if your family's starving and you get kicked out of your house. And that's, the only advice I figure I can give to anybody is don't look at where I'm at. Don't look at where David Miles is at. Don't look at where Plaskett's at. Don't look at where anyone's at. Just focus on your art and everything else. Uh, and as you will, said, it will actually works out better, it does. right? It works out so much better, I think. Maybe it's just the perspective that you gain from, from that. Maybe it just feels like it's better, but I, who gives a shit what it is? I feel better about what I'm doing, and and that's... What what more? I mean, for a guy that that hated himself and 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 was pissed off at everybody around him because I wasn't where I thought I should be, I don't feel like that anymore. And what a reward that is, man! Not to have to carry that around on my back all the time. Oh, my management's not doing enough. 
you know, why aren't, why aren't people coming to my shows? Like, like they're not coming, you idiot, because you're not. You know, they don't want to come. <laughs> you're not making the stuff that they want to they hear. They have free will. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> it's so absurd. It's absurd looking at it now. It's uh, super easy. Yeah, I mean, we all yeah, do it. Yeah. We all do it. I'm sure I'll do it again. Yeah. I can oh, have yeah. these conversations three yeah. times a week. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I swear I'm having these conversations just so I can remind myself yeah, right. of this stuff. That's it feels such a great good, idea. right? Yeah, like totally. It feels good to share it yeah. with another person who's yeah. in it because that, it's the same thing as you said. Like yeah. Once you find out you're not alone yeah. and you realize you've, you've met probably people who have enormously successful careers, yeah. way huger than you ever, yeah. you know what I mean, that, yeah. that we experience. Yeah same same pile right exactly. it's it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. just it's they deal with the same yeah. stuff the, the good ones the ones that i care about the, the greg keelers and the jim cuddies of the world uh, like uh greg keeler is my hero uh, and uh and a friend of mine and he doesn't give a shit any he doesn't care about any of it he doesn't care about the money he cares about the important parts of it and the money's nice he can buy a cool car and have some really great guitars but uh that stuff is not gonna. The, I don't imagine it's made him feel any better. The the money and the and the uh, you know sold out houses or whatever. That that's nice, but he would play the same show to eight people that he would to ten thousand people. I know he would because that's what makes him feel good. That's what sustains him, and that's how I feel. I would I would much rather mean more. You know, mean a lot to a small group of people than mean eh, just a little bit to. A right. big crowd of people. You know what I mean? That's what I, that's what I it hope It seems for. to me that it is more and more, especially now because music is almost free. Yeah, yeah. That from a from a consumption perspective, yeah. that really all you are, you end up just building a community. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Really, like it's not just a consumptive yeah. practice of a buy the record, get right. the money. It kind of becomes, yeah. well, like really all you have is actually the group of people that are associated with yeah. you as a person and as an artist and as a creator. And so it becomes bigger than... Yeah. In some right. ways, it's liberating. Yeah, totally. It's, I mean, I don't, I don't love it. I think we should get paid more for our recording yeah, yeah, works. Yeah, sure, sure. Certainly. But I do think it, there is part of it that kind of goes from like this. You, there is a switch that kind of is happening, at least in me, mm-hmm. that I'm kind of going, okay, well, given this, yeah. how do I relate to it then? Yeah. I, I, the only way I can kind of relate to it in my mind is like, okay, well, it's a community of people. Mm-hmm. Some of them are fans of... My music, some people just like to follow me on social media sure. and like, you know what I mean? Yeah. How I present myself to yeah. the world or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just trying to do my best to be honest. Yeah. It's funny now that I think of that. We were saying before we got set up here, it's like, isn't it a pain in the ass? We got to do, po- you can't just write songs and make records anymore. You got to do stuff like this and social media and everything else. And I always thought of it as such an annoying part of the job, but I learned something today. I've, I've had a change of opinion. That's your place in whatever community you've sort of created, and uh, what's wrong with that? Why do I think it's such a pain in the ass to post content uh, on Instagram? I think we used to. I think part of it is like maybe it's we used to think of it. I honestly, this is not yeah. a, this is brand new for yeah, me thinking yeah. like this because it was a pain. I was like, yeah. this is cheap. I know. It I'm feels with you. Cheap. I know. It feels like it doesn't feel real. Yeah. But then you're like, maybe it's absolutely. Maybe it, I, I'm. I kind of switched in my mind and I'm like, wait. I, if I'm honest, if I'm, mm-hmm. as long as I'm presenting myself, that's right. Yeah, I, I, I have, I still, I, I will forever have a hard time contri- posting anything that sort of feels contrived. I don't want to trick my fans into anything or anybody that follows me on social media. But 
But you do get a, an honest, lovely reaction. In, in my case, most of the time, anything I post about my kids or, or goofing around with uh, uh, whatever on Instagram, I mean, it, it's nice to hear positive feedback about that. So I don't know why I always look at it as such a pain in the ass because it... As long as it's not contrived, I, I can still feel good about it, I guess. For sure. I think one thing about it is that it's that community. It's people who enjoy what you do. Yeah. And they get to know who, I think, again, it's all about not being contrived. At least yeah, they know yeah. the real you. Right, right. I think that's the coolest thing yeah. about it. If anything, now I've started to see it as being like this way of opening myself up. So yeah. it's not just yeah. press photos and albums. Yeah, totally. It's it's my whole world. Yeah. It's me chilling here with yeah. you. It's, it's my kids. It's yeah. like... Then if they come to the show, they know that they you love baseball. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they, they, you they, you love your kids. You get yeah. two great yeah. kids, and so they get a better. They almost get a more real picture. They can ways. attach themselves better, perhaps, to the art that way. And that's again, that's the purpose, isn't it? So I mean, you know, this stuff can be helpful, I guess. And I, I owe an apology to my manager because uh, i always complain too. about everybody it. does <laughs> yeah. we all do yeah, yeah. i mean maybe it's the maybe it's the, i'm just trying to look at the bright side yeah but it's well, the reality it is a reality but i do when i shifted in my mind that it, about this idea of like not just selling records yeah it, it, it to being like more of like this this community thing yeah, where yeah. music is the main yeah. transaction it's kind of like okay this is a bit liberating i needed actually. that david i appreciate that well, before all. we had to wait for public everything yeah, went yeah. through Everything went yeah. through a publicist, or there was all these gates, and yes. now at least we're kind of wide open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I saw you doing that quiz thing the other day. I, was, that's the my favorite part of Instagram is when those stupid things, those randomized things. Uh, I think they're so funny. I found a garbage like one that's just good. <laughs> what kind of trash are you? <laughs> yeah, so what kind of trash? So hard. It just turns your face into a toilet, like a right. broken toilet or something. My God, I find that so funny. It's, well, I mean, it helps when you're honest. Yeah, yeah. It helps when you're honest <laughs> yeah. from the quiz game. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Just to be able to like actually yeah. dial in responses. Totally. I mean, I think people really respond to that. The yeah. fact that you've had to be so honest with yourself. Yeah, yeah. Has, has, is is really meaningful. And you get that reaction from people come to your shows yeah, and say, yeah. listen, man, that... You know, we t you might take it. I know that you took that lightly, but you yeah. take some of the interactions lightly yeah. online or whatever. But actually, people, that means a lot. It's, yeah. Like, I've, I've really loved... I love the way you interact with your fans. I love how you talk about issues because it feels real. That's yeah. all people are kind of, to me, that's what people are looking yeah. for. Well, those are the type of people that I want to come to my shows anyway, who, who just want to feel, uh, I, I need that connection. It, it's a part of being so needy. I, I need to feel that or else I, I can't understand why I would get up there and do that in the first place. It's, it's that, this need for attention, uh, is also a need for a connection, I think, and and uh, you know, uh, I I think even like it when at, at times when I can't be playing a show, I guess I got to get it another way, you know. And maybe that, uh, as much as I complain about social media, maybe that's a, a good place to start. Maybe I mean, that's maybe why it's, I do maybe it's not a bad thing though, you know. Yeah. I mean, I think there's yeah. also just that element, you know, what's that's probably pretty human. Yeah. To want a yeah, connection. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? That's yeah. probably pretty, obviously it's a deeply human yes, thing because yeah. everybody's looking to do it all the time, however they yeah, can, yeah. no matter how false. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I think that there's a little bit of coming to grips, as you said, from the very beginning where yeah. we're like, you just kind of have to admit that it's part of who you are. Yeah, yeah. You got yeah. a you got an ability to do it. Yeah. You know, how do you 
how do you move forward? What 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 are the next what are the next few years looking like for you? I don't. Oh, I. Do you look ahead? No, you, do, are you a five-year player? I can't look too guy? far ahead. I'm like I'm still just trying to get a response out of my management about these demos <laughs> I've been sending them. That's that's the first task, you know. And then hopefully <laughs> the, get those the earth-shattering songs, songs you've been writing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, these are really gonna shake things up this time. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm just I, I just am trying to. I I I write in fits and starts. And I'm, uh, it's going well right now, so I'm trying to ride ride that out as long as I can, and and uh, and get as much out of this little kind of the open the window that's opened up, and and then uh, and then when that's done, and if I still haven't heard anything, then I'll, I'll just I'll I'll go storm into the office and be like, all right, what's what's going on here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> can we record this now? And uh, in my experience, that's usually when they're like, yes, of course we can. And then I feel better about it. But yeah, I, right. You know, I'm such a baby. I mean, but you're a lifer. Yeah, I don't know what else I, I'm going to do. I, I, there's there, there's other sort of irons I'd like to throw in a fire and and try my hand at some things, but there's no reason that, that my music has to take a back seat to anything, you know. Uh, there's a lot of hours in the day, and, and uh, I'm not using all of them. So, you know, why not? Why not? Why not try a, a few other things? You know. What what kind of stuff? Well, like something like this. I I'm, I uh, I like the idea of trying a, a podcast out or um, doing some different kind of writing. Uh, not not songs like I I just don't know what. Yet. Oh, you just gotta you just gotta you yeah. gotta let it out. Yeah, yeah, it yeah sounds exactly. Like it, yeah, yeah. You, you know, it's just like one of those things. You're like you don't want to say it, but you're like yeah. Fiction. Yeah, yeah. No, not fiction. Just like I don't know. I don't know what it is. I, I, I was so talking with a guy you're... in television, and uh, and I, I also I I want to be like a, a voice in a documentary or something. You know, oh, yeah. I want to be a, a narrate. narrate something, and and I'd like to try acting, or I'd like to try to write like a little short film or something. And uh, there's no reason I can't try it. I don't really care if it doesn't work out, but it'd be why not try it's some i wanted to be an actor when i was a kid why shouldn't i try to do that yeah, yeah i yeah. have so much time on my hands well this is part of that's why i was laughing at the fiction thing because it, yeah. just because it's like one of those things that like it takes so much courage to yeah, say yeah. these things out yes, loud. yeah, yeah. i want i want to write like a being, space odyssey yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, akin to star wars well it's just uh, yeah. like it's kind of one of those things that you're like you're it feels immodest or yeah. somehow to be like yeah, i want yeah. to try acting yeah yeah whereas you're like yeah. you're part of yeah. you the back of at least in, my, in the back of my head yeah. i hear this voice it's like who do you think you are man yeah i know and i think that <laughs> that's what other people are gonna I, how many musicians have you seen in movies that they're it's awful i don't want people to laugh at me when i if i try to do it you know but i, I want to try it i don't care you know i gave up a long time ago caring about what some people might say on the internet you know that is, uh, who gives a shit? Just, I, it, I feel like it'll, it, it's something I can check off. Maybe I'm good at it. Maybe I'm not. Not gonna. At least know I tried it. I don't want to be. I don't want to be 80 years old and be like, ah, I wish I had a, I wish I had a tried to, to, you know, doing a, a voiceover on a nature documentary or something. Whatever the case may be, I don't want to leave any of those stones unturned. Um, uh, so uh, you know. I'm just, 
maybe this is my opportunity. Somebody will hear this. Well, I'm just like, it's like it's like I was going to say the want, first step is to say yeah, it yeah, to say it's I right. I mean, it's like oh calling your mom. So true, yeah. It's like they call to your mom. I mean, yeah. it sounds ridiculous yeah. to equate the two, but part of it no, is yeah. about verbalizing it yeah. first, and yeah. then kind of going, yeah. Oh, jeez, yeah. like I'm man. Like I, I will, I will never forget. Like going I, when I went to the, the therapist for the first time. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. just wasn't long ago, dude. It yeah. was like a year ago, yeah. and I and Good I got my first thing was like, what the heck? Yeah. Why didn't I do this a long yeah, time yeah, ago, yeah. man? I was like, yeah. I just again, I was like, not me, not yeah. me, not me. Yeah, Every, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? I, I, why, they don't have to do. So like, as soon as I said. This is hard. Yeah. This feels hard right now. I need to deal yeah. with something because I'm not feeling good mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. It was, even though, despite all these things in my life that are cooking, yeah. and I should, yeah. there's a perspective thing that's not working right now for me. And yeah. as soon as I verbalized it, I was like, holy, I feel 50% yeah, better just yeah. to just go. Yeah. And now I'm ready to do the work. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, not to yeah. equate the two no, again, but like you kind of say thing, it, then totally. you're like, I wanted to be a voiceover for a nature documentary. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. That's, that's 50% of it because most yeah. people don't, go yeah, that yeah. far yeah yeah right totally yeah that's kind of what this is about for me yeah. is at a, a certain point i was like you know what i love chatting with people yeah i love hanging out let's see if yeah yeah well then, work, this has work. been i mean it's just sitting here and talking to you about all this stuff it's it's a good reminder like again it's a, the just to verbalize all of this stuff it's helpful to a person and then to hear it same thing as when I was sitting in these church basements is, you know, to, to hear everything you suspect to be true when you, when you, yeah. when you hear the, oh yeah, this it, is going to be like true. the, it's going to be like the artist support yeah, group. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. <laughs> Phil for uh, musicians. <laughs> but gonna, honestly, yeah, it yeah. makes me feel good too. These are the yeah. conversations I have with people yeah. that we don't have on the radio. Yeah. Right, like, because yeah, I mean, sure. I could talk to you about your record. I could talk yeah, to you how yeah. you made the record. I could yeah. talk to you. About, I can't but, talk about that anymore. But honestly, <laughs> we, you, you'll get lots of chances yeah. to yeah. do that. Whereas, you, you know, what I'm more interested now, and in, in, at this point in my life, is with my with my colleagues, yeah. people who are in the grind with. Is like, yeah. what does it look like when we're not touring? Yeah. What does it look like when we're trying to juggle being parents? What does yeah. it look like when we're dealing with all the other figuring out what sustains us? Yeah. When, even though the shows are going great, we still feel yeah, like. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. down inside. Yeah. How do you yeah. manifest all that stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh this is a great idea. I wish I had it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for being part of it, man. It was a it's pleasure. Really nice to hang out. Thanks, uh, thanks, Dave. It was wicked. Right on. Once a once a week or something? Yeah, sure. Come just, on back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a sketchy in for sure. <laughs> great. Thanks, <laughs> thanks buddy. big thank you to Adam Baldwin. What a great guest, an amazing dude. So open, so honest, and hilarious. And thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed as much as I enjoy doing it, and I hope I get to do this for years to come. So keep on coming back. There'll be more episodes. Again, if you want to get in touch, it's at Miles David on Twitter and on Instagram, at David Miles. That's going to be it for the Miles From Home podcast this time. Come back real soon. Take care of yourselves. Peace. Peace.